Welcome to Listen Up America, a show about the truth, opinions, and thinking. A constitutional and conservative podcast in a world of woke cancel culture. We are the resistance. Welcome to the LUA Podcast Studios. I'm your host, Eric, and this is Listen Up America. Well, this week, we've got a few topics to talk about, a bit of follow-up, but I want to start off with some crime. It's crime time. Go ahead. Make my day. Well, this week's episode, I really want to talk about a little bit of everything when it comes to crime. Kind of update you on defund police initiatives, some Democrat hypocrisy. Can never have enough of that. I try to point out to you guys every week to use your eyes and ears and trust them. If you just give them a minute or two, a Democrat will expose themselves for the hypocrites that they are. And in all the lying and all the cover-up and all the omissions, the media just, well, we just won't play that part. And you got to go to like Fox News or somewhere else to find, oh, wait, there's more context to that conversation? Yeah. I'm going to try and fill a lot of that in. I want to talk a little about voter rights in this segment and, uh, and a little bit about the border, a little border update in there. So defund the police. Now you remember... 12 months ago, BLM, the riots throughout the cities of America, the burning of property, the destruction of public and private property, the assaults, over 2,000 police officers in this country were assaulted and injured during last summer's mostly peaceful riots. But January 6th, you know, Trump people just, they tried to nuke the country. It's so, so slanted. It's not even funny. Instead of going, well, you know, four or five Capitol Police officers died on that day. And in since then, a couple have committed suicide. Okay. Let's just start with the defined and we'll go to the Capitol thing. You've got mayors in liberal cities that are liberal mayors that screamed at the top of their lungs. Basically, you can do whatever you want. Get it out of your system. Burn my city down. Turn it upside down. Kill, shoot, murder. It doesn't matter. Just do what you want. It's all good. They went after the police, turned the police into criminals everywhere. Crime in the last 12 months has gone up everywhere, every category. And what's going on is the police departments and the sheriff departments and the like are shrinking because some cities did defund it, took money away. NYPD, boom, over a thousand officers. You can't have them. You're never going to get them back. Minneapolis, they cut. Seattle, DC, and the list goes on and on. But now we're 12 months later and elections are coming up in the next year. Wow, it's funny how that works. You can act like a fool for three years of your term, if you know, assume it's a four-year term, and then all of a sudden you're all, I, I get it, I'm going to fix it. You broke it. Every mayor in a Democrat city in this country that of size, the Minneapolis, the Seattles, the Atlantas, the DCs, the LAs, the Oaklands, the San Francisco's, the Portlands, and on and on and on, Chicago, anyone? This is all because of Democrat policy of you can't pursue on foot. You can't use these tactics when you're questioning possible alleged criminals. You can't do this. You can't do that. You have to wear a camera. You've got to do all these things that don't really help. And then you cut the budgets and you got officers going, I'm done with this. And they quit and they retire and they relocate. And now these cities are paying these guys at age 48, 49, 50, as soon as they could retire, get their 20 in or whatnot. They're union. They get paid forever. Forever. So you got these governments led by Democrats sitting there going, well, we're going to get rid of the cops. Well, if they retire, you're paying them. 
And if a cop at age 50 lives to age 90 for the next 40 years, you're going to pay that person's pension every year. <laughs> so thanks for being a cop. We don't want you to be a cop, but don't worry. The check is in the mail and you're going to get paid every month for the rest of your life. It's just, it's so absurd. But you got these mayors. Now they're screaming. They flipped the script because there's a year to go, it looks like, before their re-election. You got the mayor of Seattle, mayor of D.C. Oh, the crime is just too much, and we got to hire new officers. <laughs> we got to hire more. We need more cops. Things are out of control. So much so, we have a clip for you from the mayor of Minneapolis. This crowd believes calls for defunding the police has played a role in the spike in crime. The mayor agrees. To people who think that the easy solution to this is defund the police, when you live here and something like this happens, you can obviously see that is not the solution. It's just the reality of the situation. You know, when, when you make uh, big overarching statements that we're going to defund or abolish and dismantle uh, the police department and get rid of all the officers, there's an impact to that. There's an impact. So what you have in that clip is it starts off with a news segment in Minneapolis reporting on a story of murder. And the second person you're talking, the gentleman is a pastor from a uh, Lutheran church out in Minneapolis talking about just how heinous this is and basically how irresponsible this was. Then you got this pathetic little mealy mouth beta mayor. You've seen the little white boy. And he sits there and he's like, well, you know, there's the impact. Yeah, dumbass. You, you stood on a soapbox, told the entire city and state, we're getting rid of the cops because they're all bad. And all it did was fuel the fire, you moron. And now you act like, well, I didn't see this coming. Well, you probably didn't because you're a moron. Anybody with any common sense, any sense of legal obligation to their fellow citizens and the society go, yeah, what you said and did was the exact opposite of what you should have done. You should have brought in the National Guard. You should have shut this stuff down right then and there, backed up the cops, reset it all, and then go from there. But use some common sense. Don't just sit there going, cops are bad. We're going to get rid of them all. They all got to go. Uh -huh. Hey, criminals, do whatever you want. And they did. And now he's like, well, didn't see that impact coming. That's because you're an idiot. But don't worry. There's at least 51% of idiots in Minneapolis that'll vote for you. You'll be a lifer in Minneapolis. You'll eventually be the governor of the damn state. Because, frankly, we're just stupid. We just go, we get so caught up in the, there's an R next to his name or a D next to his name. I just have to because those R's are horrible or those D's are horrible. Do you ever listen to what these people do and say? Because we do here in California. I told you, there's gonna, the recall's coming. It's going to happen. And polls come out every day and every week out here, and it ain't good. Newsom's like, uh oh, there's a new shock poll that they came out because they actually asked people they're going to vote, Democrat and Republican. Democrats are just as fed up with this guy as Republicans are. You know, he's blaming Trump Republicans. Yeah, there's like eight of us. I mean, yeah, there's probably a million, but you know what I mean? In comparison to the all the people that <clears throat> get to vote in California that aren't <clears throat> allowed to vote, but they still do. You know, we don't have a chance. And he's blaming us like we're doing, well, we started it, but guess what? The only way this is successful is if Democrats go, this guy is full of crap. But polls are coming out saying upwards 58% are like, yeah, we're going to recall him. Uh-oh. And then the very liberal polls say 47%, which means it's probably close to 58. Uh-oh. And then there's my boy, Larry Elder, running for governor. Dude's going to win. And it's going to be amazing. He's a common sense guy. He doesn't put up with a bunch of nonsense. He's a black man from Watts, Crenshaw Compton. He's down in that part of the hood. Grew up there, but he grew up and he saw value in education. He saw value in, in conservatism. Let's make it happen. 
So you got mayors all over the country just screaming, I don't know what happened. DC wants more cops. The DC's like, where? Where are you going to get these cops at? And I remind you that like 97% or something like that of the people that live in DC are black. And, they, and it's like, well, you're going to join the force, right? I don't know. Seems to be easier to go steal and burn things down than to work, protect, whatever. You know, Chicago, that broad just lost her mind. She's all in. I told you she's married to or dating a white lesbian because she's a lesbian and that's what they do. And she won't talk to white reporters. <laughs> I don't know. If I'm that white wife, I'd be kind of offended by that, but that's just me. <laughs> I mean, that's not racist even a little. Jesus. No, that is completely racist. That's the thing about all these people. They're just hypocrites. They say and they live another way. But the impact, yeah, didn't see this coming. I mean, you look at the uh, the squad, uh, you know, AOC, she's the queen of the squad. And you got Omar, she likes to speak from time to time. Usually, usually she's the anti-Semite of the group. If there's going to be some, uh, I hate Jews, it's coming from her. And then AOC is, you know, she's going to talk about just communism, that Cuba is so awesome. And we should do that here. Except for her, you know, she gets left high on the hog. But we sit here and they got another member, Cori Bush. Ah. Uh, She's the angry black lady of the group. She's an a-hole. She is a complete a-hole. She has been screaming from the top of her lungs since last summer. Defund the police. Defund the police everywhere. If you aren't aware, that means they want to take the money away from the police departments and the sheriff's departments in your communities and reduce it or take it completely away. So hence you would have no police force. You got me on that? But not if you're Cori Bush. She has openly, and I got a clip, and we're going to play, and you're just going to go, Jesus. I hope you do. If you don't, if, you're, if it doesn't offend you and upset you, there may be no hope for you. And you should probably just tune out all social media and everything, uh, news, and just go live in a cave and just vote for the D, vote for the D, vote for the D. She's out there talking about bragging. She has former Blackwater. Do you know what Blackwater is? They're the, uh, they're, it's a company of security protection agents that used to work for the U.S. Navy, the U.S. Marines, and the Army, and so forth. You typically like Special Forces guys. That That's their skill. So you join Blackwater, and they do private contract work overseas and here. But she's hired Blackwater guys to protect her. Her life's been threatened. And, you know, and I have an important job. Oh, So you're more important than every citizen in every city. That's what she says. That's what she thinks. That's what they believe. Security for me, not for thee. Play the clip. That off, I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety net. It wasn't but a year or two ago. And when Rush Limbaugh was live and on his show, he would talk about this. Democrats would never openly come out and tell you what they really wanted to do. They would play the games and they would act what they wanted in the, in the background. And in drip by drip and legislation by legislation, little by little, they get what they wanted. The big picture. Not the, the squad's just full on, oh, I'm going to have security and I'm going to be protected because I'm more important than you because I'm sitting here trying to make you know laws like defund the police so you have no cops protecting you because your life isn't precious or as, as important as hers. She, do you know who I am? That's what these people think. This is how they act. This is the size of their ego. All of them. The police that 
protect us, live in our own communities. They know what's going on. They know where it's at. They know why it's happening. She's saying, we want to redirect that money to social. Yeah, it's called the nanny state. See, mommy and daddy of all races, you're not good enough and smart enough to raise your kids right. So we have to do it for you. Bah, bah. That's where the sheep come in. Let's make everyone the same. No one's special. No one's got any talent, nothing. You're all just simple marks and we're going to have you hammer this, dig that up, whatever, for the rest of your life. That's what they want. And they're not even hiding it. She's telling you to your face, your ears heard this. I'm special and I get threatened. Well, if there's no police in the community, then we're all being threatened constantly. My wife and I just this last weekend, we went to go visit our friends down the hill. We drive down. We were a little early. So my wife goes, oh, can we stop over at uh, the Rite Aid right there? Or CVS is what it was. So we go into the store and I'm in there for 30 seconds and I'm right there. I see it right there. Boom. There's a gentleman in a blue, bright blue, like polo shirt. I thought he was Hispanic and I think he is, but he's very dirty. He was a homeless guy. And we're looking in the hair section and he's just over on the wall right at the end of the aisle. And I hear a plastic bag rustling. So I'm curious. I go look over and lean and he stops like busted and looks up at me and I'm like, what are you doing? And he's stuffing socks off of the shelf into this plastic bag and tying it up. And he just stands up and nonchalant. I'm like, dude, you taking those socks? Did you just steal a bunch of stuff out of the store? And I start raising my voice even more to get management and employees' attention. I said, that dude right there, and I'm pointing him out. I said, the dude right there is ripping you off right now. I have no idea what else is in that bag, but I guarantee you there's socks that are off the rack that I saw him just stuffing the bag. And they're yelling at him, and, they, and the guy takes off the two People go running after them, and then he takes off running, and they have to stop because they can't do anything. The companies will not allow their their people to do anything. And I'm like, well, you should have told me. I would have kicked him in the head. And I I feel bad. I'm like, you know, I should have. I should have just knocked his ass on the ground, taken the bag from him, said, well, since you're stealing from them, I'm stealing from you. Get the hell out of here. But this happened in broad daylight. This was about 4.30 in the afternoon. wasn't in L.A. It was outside of L.A., just a suburb. And then we left. We got what we needed, paid for him. It's like four bucks. We get in the car. He said, I bet that guy ran across the street. We drove across the street. Sure enough, the guy's standing over there by the right aid. So he went over to stand outside them. And I told him, just take the phone, take a picture of him. And I will just, we can just send it to the police or whatever, if they even care. But again, the guy stole probably a hundred, 200 bucks worth of junk. Just filled a big old plastic bag with it. And I'm just like, this is unbelievable. Because we allow this. These same Democrat governors and mayors, they're passing ordinances and laws saying, yeah, no, we're not even going to make it. It's a misdemeanor because, you know, it's not even 800 bucks. It's a waste of time. So you're basically saying as long as you steal 799, you're totally okay. And companies are like, yeah, you know, we're not going to do anything except they close their stores. And now you can't even get stuff like that. In time, if that happens over and over, that store is going to close because its theft is too high. It makes no sense. They've been doing it in the Bay Area, closing stores. We, If you're going to steal from us, we just won't be here. Where's all the stores? You ripped them off. They're, they're done. They're closing. They're, they're finished with you people. But this is all Democrat policy. Chaos. Cops are criminals. Criminals are heroes. What the hell's happening? I pray, legitimately pray every night that Gavin Newsom gets the recall. Larry Elder wins. And that ripple motivates and inspires the rest of this country to pull its collective head out of its collective ass and go, like I told you before, if California and our state of politics can change and fight and win, then what the hell you all got to complain about? 
I mean, I got some amazing uh, statistical data that I'm going to share towards the end of the segment for you to really ponder. But this just goes on and on. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Our Instagram page is at listen underscore up underscore America underscore. And our Facebook page is L-U-A podcast all together. L-U-A podcast on Facebook. So please join the community. Tell us what you think and uh, share with all your friends and let them know how awesome we are. There, there, little monkey dude. I'm being oppressed. You guys know who Sean King is? He's uh, like the guy of BLM. He's, he's a lovely guy. He thinks quite highly of himself. You know, so much so, like we've always talked about in the past, when it comes to BLM, the main chapter that's hoarding all the tens of millions of dollars from the stupid corporations and the stupid athletes and the stupid celebrities that just throw money at these guys. Well, controversial activist Sean King has revealed to live in a lavish lakefront home in New Jersey that he didn't own until recently. As he's been making a name for himself, advocating for the poor and the powerless. But according to public records reported by the New York Post, King lives in a 3,000-square-foot home since November of 2020. Well, gee, it's uh, July 20. So he's been there for like eight months. Yes. Didn't have the money before, but he has it now. The sprawling home in North Brunswick boasts a lakefront backyard. It includes five bedrooms and a gourmet kitchen. The home was purchased by Rhea Tonika King. That's the wife. See, if you put it in the wife's name, then it ain't him. He just puts it in their joint bank account, and then she spends it. It's called money laundering for those that weren't aware. They paid $842,000 for it. This guy does nothing with his life. He has nothing, no talent. He's a race baiter. He's a Jesse Jackson. He's an Al Sharpton. He's just a younger version. He just found the new way. BLM's the way to scam the money. And like I said, stupid corporations, stupid athletes, and stupid celebrities are giving this charity millions of dollars that they keep for themselves, and they just buy homes with it in really nice neighborhoods with, you know, White people. <laughs> just like, <laughs> but I care about my brothers and my sisters in the hood, and we're going to do something. Then why aren't you buying a house in the hood? Why aren't you building up the hood? Why aren't you moving in and b- making your house really nice and have that ripple effect? That's how this works. Nah, I like living with the whitey, but I hate the whitey. You only hate the whitey because it pays your bills. You like whitey because whitey isn't ripping you off. Whitey is raising the educational standard of your neighborhood. And the quality of life in your neighborhood. Yeah, damn whitey. People are disgusting. So we got a clip here. Um, (laughs) It's a short one. So VP or the Prez, President Harris, I don't know. The cackler. (laughs) She was speaking about voter rights. And she brings up 1965 when the voter amendment for all was completely passed. And, uh, well, let's play the clip and I'll give you the actual facts. 1965, Democrats and Republicans stood for the, 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 the absolute American principle of all people having the right to vote and pass the Voting Rights Act. Now remember, this is a, uh, a woman of color. 
She's not black. She's Indian and Jamaican, but either way, she's a woman of color. And she's praising the work done in 1965, how Democrats and Republicans came together like that was impossible. And it was, but not for the reasons you know. In 1965, 53 of the senators out of 100 were Republican. They all voted, yay, give equal voting rights to all. Of the 47, that would be the difference, 17 Democrats voted, "Uh -uh, no way. Nay. And in the House, they had 221 members. 62 Democrats voted, "Uh uh-uh, no way, nay. And all of the Republicans voted yay. Give it to them. So for those at home, that's 79 Democrats were against voting rights. Zero Republicans. This passed because Lyndon Johnson didn't have a choice. And that guy was as racist as as Wilson back in the mid-1910s. He's president. You'd have to look him up. He's a piece of crap. And you should look up some of the senators <laughs> that voted no. <laughs> yeah, they were the hero of uh, the potato, Chairman Joe. Come on, man. And Hillary Clinton, their big hero, Robert Byrd. Senator Robert Byrd of the great state of West Virginia. The grand poobah of the KKK. Yeah, that's that guy. He didn't vote. He abstained. Because he was totally against it. The dude was in the KKK. He was a huge recruiter for the KKK. Their hero, they didn't vote for it. But they have Kamala praising like the Democrats did something great. The few that did, yeah, ended up being great. But how many of you out there think that the Democrats in 1965 voted yes to save their butt versus what they really believed? Bird went on. He was a senator until like 2000-something, and he finally died. And then there's, there's the potato. Chairman Joe, and then that hag, Hillary Clinton, praising their eulogies of what a wonderful man and inspiration and uplifting and positive soul he was. Yeah, 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 I'm the racist. Okay, I'm looking back. Do I have any people that I find to be of quality people in my past that I praise and they find out they're racist? No, there's nobody. And if I find out that they've been like that, then I, you know, it's been real. They're not giving you a eulogy at your funeral about what a wonderful person you are if I find out you're a racist. But they all knew, because they all are. Remember the potato? You're black. You don't know how to run the internet. You're black. You got to turn on a record player. This guy just, if you're black, if you're black. You know, he, he makes the racist cracks about the jungle and how he didn't want his kids going to schools like that, referring to black kids. This guy's like this all the time. But the media just ignores it. And if you are a big fan of the D, and that's Democrats, not the other D, ladies. (laughs) Sarah in Vegas, behave yourself. You got to understand, these people, they're fanatical. It doesn't matter. And they vote for these people. So I want to kind of jump from this voting rights thing. So, you know, there's the big question for those that, Believe in common sense and look at just the numbers that came out back in November when it came to the potato versus the orange man and how all of a sudden the potato gets over 80 million votes. He didn't go out there and campaign a lick. He just stayed in his basement, pop out after he took like a vitamin B shot or something. And then he was wide-eyed and bugged and hypered when he had his couple of uh, debates. And then that went back to the basement. But he inspired so many people that when his, you know, so during the campaign, he's got his supporters going out there on his behalf. You know, Joe, I told you, down in there was like Phoenix or Tucson. 
eight people showed up and half of them were the media. He goes to a drive-in and Joe actually showed up and there was like 40 cars and there was like Trump supporters sitting outside honking horns and stuff. Way more than 40. Your eyes look going, this guy got 80 plus million votes, like 20 million more than Hillary or Obama. This guy who's run for president multiple times, gotten his butt kicked every time. All of a sudden, you got to question things like that. Trump's got rallies where 30,000 people show up. When you ever see that before with anybody, you don't, you haven't. I don't know if you know this, but conservatives, Republicans, we're not really big raw, raw, go on the street. We got jobs. We have families and responsibilities and obligations to handle. But millions of people found time to go to these events all over the country, standing in line for a day. It was insane. And he gets his butt kicked. Right. So you ever seen the movie Moneyball? This is a segue. Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill. It's 10 years ago is when that movie was made. And in that movie, there is a character that is a real person. Jonah Hill plays Peter Brand. Peter Brand was like a Harvard mathematician nut. And if you remember the movie or if you haven't seen it, Brad Pitt is the general manager, Billy Bean, of the Oakland A's, who have every year after year after year, no money. Here, Billy, you got $30 million. And you're thinking that's a lot when the Yankees had like 220. It's not. <laughs> when you perspective. And he's going out there and getting ham and eggers and a couple of guys of the minors and have them for a couple of years. And then they get good and the contracts come up and they couldn't keep any of them because they had no budget. Billy Bean was at a meeting and he sees this kid and he sees his competition, like leaning over to him and talking to him and talking to him. And he, he was saying some interesting things in reply to questions and, and, and just these, this generalized meeting that was taking place with all these general managers. And at the end of the meeting, he kind of off to the side and he sees the kid who's Jonah Hill and he walks over to him and he goes, who are you? Because the GM he was working for was basically doing, well, everything he was suggesting to a point. And, uh, he goes, well, my name is Peter Brand. And he goes, but what do you do? Well, I'm an advisor. He goes, but what do you do? He goes, well, I'm a stats guy. I look at numbers. I look at patterns and trends and things like that. And I come up with analysis that says, hey, if you want guys that walk this much because their on-base percentage is more important than actual batting average because you have to have guys on base. And you got to have the defense. He, he found a new way of looking at the game that some people – especially when it first happened, we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is insane. I want guys to do this. Like he didn't care if they struck out. That's why in baseball today, it's God awful to watch. Guys are striking out more than they ever have because it's all or nothing. Hit the home run or sit in the dugout. That's it. That's the new statistical. But my point is statistics, they don't lie. They're numbers based on history, trends, and so forth from decades and decades of history. And they calculate the numbers to get pretty accurate response of what's going to happen next year. So there's a gentleman out there, okay? His name is Seth Keschel, K-E-S-H-E-L. He is also a former baseball analyst and a retired Army intelligence officer, and he was a captain in the Army. And he has come out with his 2020 election audit. He is with the Rogue Review and uh, the Gateway Pundit reported this. And I found it really interesting because I was kind of curious. I was like, I want to see who's got the, a pair of nuts to go on TV and talk about it. And nobody. It's like, interesting. This guy is not a sycophant, Democrat or Republican. He's just, he's a stats guy. These are number crunchers. You ever met those people? They're nerds. They, they have a hard time relating to like people. <laughs> numbers. Numbers are just, they're good because they don't lie. They don't play games. They're just numbers. The well-respected data expert reports 
that there were 8.1 million excess invalid votes cast in the 2020 election. His findings are extracted from a wide array of data, analytics, fraud evidence, and voter behavior. That's key. See, because you can go back and you can look at a state or a county or an area and go, let's, you know, we'll just take Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and they can go back every two years and every four, you know, for the Congress elections and go to the presidential every four years. And they look at the numbers versus the population, what percentages voted and go back and go back and go back. And there is your data. You go, well, look, you had 50%, 48%, 58%, 40%. It was all in that range. And all of a sudden, Philadelphia had like 90% voting. Just out of the blue. Atlanta, Detroit, all these places. All of a sudden, these huge spikes that were all blue. Democrat strongholds. There's even reports that like Philadelphia had over 100%, which meant, you know, fraud. So based on all that information, Keschel's conclusion is that Trump actually won Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, and Minnesota. You get all that? Those are the states that when we all went to bed 11, 12 o'clock that night, he was winning. And then just out of the blue, the next three days, we weren't allowed to see anything. And paper were put up on windows and doors were shut out. And mystery hand trolleys loaded with cases and boxes just wheeled in. Got to count that. And all of a sudden, he's slaughtered. Like, wait, what? Because he looked at the information. That it used to only take so long to count, but now we're taking like an extra week to count. We all knew who the president was the night over the morning of. We never had to wait a week or a week and a half. Nope. He also suggests that many very liberal states, especially on the West Coast, were actually much closer than anyone thought. Those areas include Oregon, California, and Connecticut, amongst others. Here is Keschel's post from Monday. So I'm going to put this on our social media so you can actually read it. But it is fascinating. So he breaks down the states that how many excess votes Biden got. Okay, in Arizona, that were, and this is based on his statistical analysis, everything, the trends from the past elections, everything, that Arizona cast 210,000 votes that should have never been counted, that never probably even happened. That's a win. California had one, almost 1.4 million votes. See, in California, if you weren't aware, it, it's a law. So when you're an illegal immigrant, they had they wanted to get everyone an ID, and it was a big tussle. We had propositions, and we voted. No, you can't do that. And then, like, well, we're going to sue your vote because you're stupid. And they find, like, the Ninth Circuit, who's liberal, and says, yeah, 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 you can do that. You can give anyone who needs an ID an ID and automatically register them to vote. That's what they did. When they send an ID, they automatically put you in the system. Well, that guy's from, you know, Mexico City. He's from Costa Rica. He's from Honduras and Nicaragua and everything else. That's okay. Now, the Constitution says that's not okay. But in California, they did it. So almost 1.4 million votes were not valid. And the number's good on Illinois, almost 300,000. Michigan, I love this, 527,000 votes were in excess of Biden. Illinois, 300,000. Pennsylvania, 504,000. Texas, remember how close that was? 675,000 votes. You start deducting these numbers from those state totals, you can do that on your own, but you can look at it. It ain't even close. Oregon had 162,000 votes. New Jersey, 327,000. It's on and on. New York, 300,000. 
State of Washington, 333,000 votes in excess. Virginia, that was close for a while. We're, I'm going, why well, is going to win Virginia? He was winning like 58-42. So like 80%. And then all of a sudden, well, Virginia had 217,000 excess votes. Oh, Minnesota, 228,000. Here's the one that was a zero. There were, I'm sorry, there were two, which is actually fascinating. Two states were legit. D.C. Well, D.C. gets 97% of the vote anyway, so of course, what's to cheat? <laughs> that's already, that's sewn up. They've been cheating that one for, you know, a century, so there's no statistical probability there. Iowa. You remember the Iowa caucuses for the Democrats? They still haven't declared a winner, by the way. We're, we're over a year. There's still no winner there officially. They had zero. That they, they supposedly got it fixed. Excess Biden votes would be 8.144 million. Revised Biden vote total would have been 73 million, not, not 81, 82 million. There's a map on there. I'm, we're going to put the link on there. You guys can read this. It's fascinating. While most mainstream media sources claim the election was 100% valid, evidence continues to mount that suggests otherwise. There's audits going everywhere. It's a hot mess, but nobody wants to talk about it. You know, and some of my friends are reading it and they saw this and like, what do you think this all means? Well, it's unprecedented. I mean, what does it mean? I don't know. I mean, Congress, they're not going to do anything. I mean, they, they, they don't do anything anyway. They're not going to do it. I guess it would fall to the Supreme Court if someone challenged, if Trump or somebody would look, da, 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 da. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if anything can be done. Probably not. But if anything, this should just question. It doesn't, you know, it's statistics. It's data based on voter activity, trends, and behavior. All of a sudden, it just stinks. It just doesn't happen. It does not happen. Stats don't lie. But it did happen. And that's the question. States are, you know, purging voter rolls like they're supposed to do anyway. One vote, one person. And nobody has a problem with it except for the psychos on the left that have been elected and know that, well, if you go clean, I'm out of here. They just aren't saying it so clearly. It's just racist. But, you know, minorities are all for it too, but whatever. And that's it. They just call everything racist. And I'm so sick and tired of it. But this is this information, it's going to be more and more. It's going to keep coming out. Crime. I, I was reading a story. I mean, I've been telling you guys the stories about California and the illegal pot grows. You know, it's all legal here, but the cartel's still growing marijuana more blatantly and out in the open and in, in, in such mass right now. It, it's, it's overwhelming. It's unbelievable. Don't worry. Congress is considering making marijuana legal across the country. Yeah, let's make it legal. This bothers me. You're, you're listening to someone who's never smoked a joint, never stuck anything up my nose or in my arm or chewed on, whatever. I just, I have no interest, had no interest. I like wine. I like whiskey from time to time. But when I drink that, it's I share a bottle with my wife and my oldest son. You know, if I have a whiskey... It's usually whiskey ginger ale, and that's my thing. Um, and I have like one. So I can't relate to this, I need joints, I need pot. I mean, if I had cancer stuff, yeah, I'm sure I'd be token like crazy because it, it's supposed to help you deal with it better. And I'm all for if Medical marijuana, I'm all good. The, huh, you know, my foot hurts, so, uh, and I'm 22, and I don't want to work good. Can you just get me my disability, and I need to smoke my pot? I mean, today, my youngest and I were running an errand, and we went into a hydroponics store because we're getting into succulents, the little plants, and we're getting lights and stuff like that. And, and uh, we wanted to see what kind of product they had because I like supporting local. I've told you guys. Now, they just got the big stuff. I mean, the guy handling this, his eyes, 
the rings around are dark. His eyes are shot. And I looked at him and I'm going, yeah, I've never been here before because to me, it's just where a bunch of potheads hang out. And he's like, yeah, I know. it's because that's where a bunch of potheads hang out. But they did have really good um, vegetable fertilizer and things like that from a lot of different brands, which was very interesting. So I'm like, okay, I learned a lot in the last couple of days over this because I've been to a couple of these stores and they're just pot factories. The lights, they don't have like little lights that you can put in your house. Nah, it's all the big garage you know, fluorescent tubes are like 10 foot long because you got to grow your pot, bro. <sighs> I don't get any of that. I don't get the need. I don't get the satisfaction. I find it just sad because it just is decay on society. It makes, I mean, the guy is stupid. He's just stupid. He knows about fertilizer, but that's all he knows about because he only cares about pot. He doesn't care about anything else. As long as the checks keep rolling, bro, and I can roll my doobies and I can grow my pot, I'm one happy dude. What did Spicoli say back at Fast Times? All I need is a cool buzz and some tasty ways. It's just government saying, yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it. Why do you think the government's telling you potheads and you future potheads, yeah, do it, do it, do it. You don't question anything. The, the potheads aren't rioting in the streets. They're not storming the Capitol and they're not burning down anything. They're just looking for Pop-Tarts. What are we doing? If you're smoking pot, you need to stop. And it's, it's not a gateway. Bull crap. Well, you know, mushrooms aren't bad. I mean, look at the state of Oregon. I've said this before because my, my youngest is looking at a school up there. And it made me nervous, but I talked to the school and I like their policies. And it's far enough away from Portland that I don't think I have to worry about it. But I'm sitting here going, they're trying to pass a law. They may have done it. I haven't paid any attention. That they wanted to make basically every drug out there, be it heroin, acid, mushrooms, everything, hallucinogenics, all that stuff. Under a certain size, totally legal. You can have it all you want. But it's not a gateway drug. We just want to make sure you can get your hands on everything. You go to San Francisco, walk around the streets, look at the street, tell me what you see. I'll help you. If you haven't been, don't go. Just needles. Needles from drug users. Injecting in their arms, their fingernails, their toenails, shooting up between their toes. That's all they're doing. And they're giving them by the city. And the drug addicts have so much understanding and clarity that they don't just, here you go, I want to exchange my needle, bro. Nope. They just drop it on the street where other people, dogs and cats and kids walk around. Yeah, it's not a problem. You make marijuana legal across the country, federally, you will have illegal grows all along the border. All along. Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, California. And it'll just spread. Because you all need pot. You can't find another way to deal with your life. Sack up. Deal with it. You don't have to pollute your body to turn your mind off. If you're having a problem, go talk to somebody, get some help. To my friends, I'm all ears. Talk to me. I think you all have people out there like me that will listen. If you got a church and you've been in and out or whatever, go talk to the pastor. Just point off the side. Go talk to a mental health professional that's not a nut job. Good luck finding one. I'm kind of kidding. But don't just go see someone. You know, if you don't feel right, go find someone that, that, that helps you out and makes you feel like you're making progress, that you're not regressing and they're not telling you, it's totally okay. Let me give you a prescription for some pot. No, no, we have an opioid crisis because everyone keeps prescribing pain pills, Vicodin, hydrocodone, yeah, give me my pills. I, I've had multiple surgeries, more than most people, from athletic injuries and things in between. It's been glorious life. Got the scars to prove it. You know, they, they put me on the pain meds. I just take it out. I don't want it. Give me a prescription for pain meds going home. I'm like, I don't want it. I don't need it. I'll deal with it. It's mind over matter. If I just focus on something else and positive, my recovery and so forth, it's not even a problem. Get your mind right. You can deal with it. But these people get 
it's too easy. Well, doctors aren't being approached and say, I need more pain meds. The doctor's like, hey, you need more pain meds? How many do you need? Is that working? Do you need stronger? I mean, they're just pushing this crap. Like you're going to McDonald's and you're like, hey, I just want to get a number four. Would you like that supersized? Supersized opioids. Awesome. That's why all these companies and are getting sued and everything. It's like, because it's out of control. Fun storm in the castle. So I, I got a video from the Devil's Spawn. I want to get a little bit into the border and wrap this up. She's talking to Fox News about the border. Okay. And then on immigration, uh, it's been almost four months since the president told migrants, don't come, don't leave your town. Almost two months since the vice president went to Central America to say, do not come. But people are coming in record numbers. Does the president think his immigration plan is working? Well, the president continues to convey uh, to anyone, as you've said, uh, who wants to come to the United States, now is not the time to come. It is not the time to come and try to go through a regular migration. We want to have an effective process where you can apply uh, for asylum, where you can apply for legal status. We have increased our investment in areas like the Central American Miners Program, allowing people to apply from within country so they are not making that dangerous trip. There's more that needs to be done. Uh, we've also instituted a, a, a number of additional steps recently, uh, including expedited removals uh, to move people out of the country more quickly. Uh, but it's a, it's a, it's, we're still at work on a, an improving a process and improving a system that was very broken when we took office. So the message to migrants is the same, even though they are coming at 21-year high, 210,000 encounters at the border last month. And I would also note the number of people who were uh, who were removed from the border, which is an important part of the context, which is almost half of that number. But he's saying don't come, and they're coming. Well, there are a number of factors, as you all know, uh, that are happening in these countries, and we're working to address those as well. And the vice president is leading those efforts. We don't expect that to be a switch, uh, but addressing root causes in these countries, corruption, economic downturn, people are fleeing uh, a range of challenges, a persecution. Uh, those are issues we need to address at the same time. Go ahead. So that's Peter Ducey of Fox asking legitimate questions to the devil spawn, Saki. It's the orange man's fault. We inherited. I will remind you that the border was well under control, that we didn't have 220,000 illegals coming across the border every month since the new guy walked in. Come, come, come on over. Oh, don't come, don't come. And he had Kamala on her little, you know, let's go to the triangle. And the people down in those countries booing her with Trump signs and stuff, which was great, saying, don't come, don't come. And in two months before that, she's like, oh, you all couldn't, you know, come on down. Price is right, baby. Santa Claus is open for business. This is all self-created. And every episode that I've brought up on the border, I've given you evidence and proof to show you. This is a whole because of the Democrats. Chairman Joe, you know, President Harris, whatever the hell her title is. They're all for this. AOC, the squad, the whole crew. They're all for this. This is the best thing ever. She's acting like we're, they're sending a bunch back. They're not deporting Jack. They are relocating at record numbers. The Air Force hasn't been this busy since the Berlin airlift. They are flying constantly all over the border and shipping them all over the country. And if you're a Republican stronghold, to a town near you. They just want to change the voting demographics. That's it. 
Well, Eric, they can't vote. Hey, look, California, they vote, they can, and they will. And if you try to stop it, you're racist. Right, right. But don't you worry, America, because the cackler, President Harris, you know, Vice President Kamala, whatever the hell her name is, her title, you got to understand, that girl has got her finger on the pulse. She knows what she's doing. She's got a plan. There's a great movie out there, older movie. I think it was done in the early 90s, called Tremors, Kevin Bacon. It's a great movie. If you've never seen it, just watch the first one. Don't watch the other three, four, five, whatever they did. Watch the first Tremors. It is a great movie based on like campy 1950s kind of horror movies. But this movie is hilarious and amazing. Well, towards the end, Kevin Bacon and uh, Fred Ward and the girl, I don't know who she was because she wasn't really anybody. I don't know if she did anything after or not. They go running. He's got his last stick of dynamite. And they're like, what are you doing? And Kevin Bacon goes, I got a goddamn plan. That's Kamala. She's running to a cliff. I got me a plan with no media fanfare. There was no news conference on this. Vice President Kamala Harris unveils five pillars strategy to combat the border crisis. It says virtually nothing about the border. That is the title of the article. I'm going to read some of this because it's too good. Vice President Kamala Harris, I'm going to do real voice, (laughs) on Thursday released her long-anticipated plan to combat the ongoing immigration crisis at the U.S. southern border. Unsurprisingly, the plan has scarcely anything to offer as far as the actual border goes. Finger on the pulse. In fact, the plan released without a news conference, as I mentioned, does not include a detailed timeline or specific policy actions to be taken. The Hill reported this on that Thursday. Uh, Instead, the administration argued the problem could be resolved with greater engagement. That's, That's one of those trick words. With Central American countries and more humane immigration practices. Oh, so that's, see, humane is code for Come on down, because we're going to ship you to a red city near you. And if you weren't aware, red is Republican and blue is Democrat, just to be clear. In a statement introducing the root causes strategy, that's what it's called, the White House touted Harris's five-pillar plan as a core component of the administration's efforts to, quote, establish a fair, orderly, and humane immigration system. You know, we have one. It's on the books. It's being ignored. And the policy is being told through administration telling the agents in the field, don't do that anymore. Let them in, process them, and so forth. It's insane. It's insane. That's... I got a goddamn plan! And some of you may be wondering why I play this segment to introduce the Biden-Harris administration. We spend $250 billion a year on defense. And here we are. The fate of the planet is in the hands of a bunch of retards I wouldn't trust with a potato gun. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. So we're going to start off with this segment. I got Senator Elizabeth Warren. You know, the self-proclaimed one-sixteenth millionth Indian. She's a big, she's just a white lady. As Trump said, because he's orange, I got more Indian blood in me than she does. Well, he is orange. (laughs) 
Don't worry. On behalf of social justice, the Honorable Senator Elizabeth Warren, she wants to, you know, she's all in that student loan forgiveness. I want 50K wiped off everybody's. And she's screaming for everybody. So I don't know how it's social justice when she's screaming for everybody. You know, my, my youngest son and I, he's being recruited. We look at all these schools. We've probably looked at over 50. And I think his list is down. He's got about five, five really hot, but there's about 15 schools, hardcore recruiting him. And we look at the data. We look at everything. Statistics. We look at that. And it talks about like the race of people. You know, if you're black and Asian and Hispanic or white and so forth and other and Islander, it's everything. International has all that data in there. The current true body, like how many are there? And, um, my, my youngest wants to go to a, just a normal school. He, do, he doesn't, he doesn't want to go an all white school and he doesn't want to, you know, he wants nothing to do with liberal schools. You know, he's more into the balance. He wants to be able to have a conversation opinion and not be mugged and attacked and berated and, and ostracized about it. He just, you know, that's what he's looking for and to go with his degree. And then of course running, but this is something that's important to him. So we look at the stats and I'll tell you straight up nine out of 10 schools are like 80% white. And then there's a segment of Asian. And then there's a segment of Hispanic, and there's a really minute number of black students. Just the way it is. I don't like it, but it's the way it is. So she's sitting there screaming, we got to forgive these loans and so forth. Social justice. Yeah, for the white people. <laughs> what the hell is she talking about? If you're going to get, because she's not screaming, I only want to forgive the loans of people of color. She's saying, I want to forgive student loans in the name of social justice. <laughs> So kids that got mommy and daddy that, you know, they're well-to-do and connected and so forth and sending them to schools and they've got, you know, federal grant monies and things like that, but there's still money left. And these kids are going out and getting, you know, they got a degree in women's studies and gender studies and, and, you know, paint drying and all the stupid crap out there that you can get a degree in. <laughs> uh, I, well, I got a degree in watching paint dry because I smoke a lot of pot. Good for you. Is that a, is that a bachelor of fine arts? Uh, what is that exactly? <laughs> this 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 stupid crap but she wants to forgive that money and i'm just going to remind you all if the students aren't paying those loans back with the interest to the institutions these institutions will go bankrupt they will cut off any opportunities for minorities and those that uh, can't pay the bill if they deem that hey people of color just aren't paying the bills then they're not going to let people of color come to their school State schools, sure, because, you know, here in California, I got Cal States and UCs that I'm paying for. I can't even get my own kid into. A, they're horrible. They're over-impacted like you can't believe. You know, four-year programs are taking five, six, seven years. You want to go to Cal State, Long Beach, Cal State, Fullerton, San Diego State? Good luck. You want to go to UCLA? You want to go to UC Berkeley? UC Davis? You want to go to UC Riverside, UC Irvine, UC San Diego? Good luck. You're going to school for six years, but it's cheaper, is it? If I can go to a private school and pay a little more to be done in four-year guaranteed, private schools are doing that. We will get you your degree. You show up, you, do, 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 you, you pass your classes. We'll guarantee you access to the classes you need for the four years. It's up to you to pass them, but they're guaranteeing you access. You're a freshman going to a Cal State or UC right now, you're taking Piano 101. You're not getting into the English and math and science classes that you need. Uh-uh. You got to wait. There's, there's people in their third year that haven't had that yet. It's a train wreck. But don't worry. They're going to raise tuition. <laughs> okay. And then what? Give it away for free still? 
and just abolish the, you can't do this. You can't do this. You would never run your business. Here, I have a restaurant. Please, everyone, every night, you've got 200 people coming every night and eat. And of those 200 people, they all spend 30 bucks a person. That's six grand, six grand a night, but you don't have the money. And by the way, my service took forever because you people kept coming. So I got no tip, but you decide, you know what? I'll, I'll pay you at the end of the year or I'll pay you in 10 years for it. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. You're going to pay me in 10 years for that? And then somebody's going to go, hey, don't worry about those bills. We're making that go away. Well, that restaurant's out of business. It's closed. It'll never see 10 years. It'll never see two months. It's, it's done. You cannot run a business this way. That's why my son's super excited. He's like, there's one school in California that he's very interested in, and we'll see how that goes. But he's pretty much like, I, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I don't blame him. Why the hell would you want to stick around here? What's good here? Everything is super expensive. Crime is going through the roof. It's just insane. So we go with that. But don't worry. In the name of social justice, Elizabeth Warren has a, she's got her a plan. <laughs> I got a goddamn plan! I thought this was absolutely insulting. NPR. You guys know NPR, right? Your national public radio. It's on TV and stuff too. It's completely taxpayer funded. The, the government of the United States gives money to this NPR to do their liberal stuff. There's no balance. There's no, what is the right thing of this? They don't care. They've now told their journalists that political activism is totally okay. Just take a second. What do you think they tend to agree with? You think they're Ronald Reagan kind of people? Or do you think they're Che Guerrero kind of people? Fidel Castro kind of people? Karl Marx kind of people? Because they are. They're that. So, but it's okay. They're totally supporting. So you're going to have a, <laughs> a journalist, I'm using air quotes because it's not even close, is going to be uber political. No, they're just coming out. They're just doing the squad thing. We already knew it. Now they're going to do it in your face with a smile. Nike. Oh, man. If you buy Nike anything still, you might need your head checked. Are you paying attention to anything that these guys do and say? No, they're making all this product in China using slave labor. You remember back in the 80s, we always kind of giggled and laughed about how they would use the kids in Taiwan and the Philippines and all the little Asian islands out there in the Pacific, Caribbean, you know, like kids, you know, making your sneakers, making like a dollar a month, and they're making Air Jordans, you know, and selling them for like $300 or whatever they sell them for. John Donahoe, he is a scumbag of scumbags. He is, when, when you're, no matter what your political alignment is, when you're going, that capitalist CEO is the biggest scumbag because, and you fill in your objections. He fits them all. Nike CEO on doing business in China. And I quote, they are very aligned with our values. He's saying China agrees with Nike, which means Nike agrees with China. That slave labor is the way to go. Well, yeah, you can pay slaves nothing. You can have them killed. You can have them exterminated and shipped away, replaced. You could torment and torture those people all day long and giggle your ass all the way to the bank because your 401k and your stock options are rolling in a profit. It costs five, 10 bucks to make those crappy shoes with a swoosh on it. And they sell them for $100, $200, $300 or more. Nike is garbage. It has no soul. It has no values. It brings nothing to the table but greed and power. I mean, they run the NBA. 
LeBron and shooting his mouth off. He's a Nike guy. Oh, good job on that new movie, uh, Space Jam, by the way, there. La China James. That was a hit. Haven't seen it. Didn't even see the first one. Won't see this one. It's hot garbage. Chinese propaganda. The whole thing had to be approved by China. And it was. It'll be huge in China. They'll love it. They don't know any different. And they're told to love it. You will go see movie. Oh, okay. John Donahoe said his company didn't have to sacrifice any of its values to do business in China. None. No, because they were using slave labor everywhere else. They just took those jobs away because they found even cheaper slave labor. And again, profits are up. Everyone's laughing. He's the rich on the rich, and he's going to make money hand over fist because he doesn't care. He never cared. No reality check doesn't know what it's like to be you out there listening, to be the kids in the streets thinking Nike's all that in a bag of chips. They don't have a clue. It is literally evil, disgusting, despicable, evil company. I have one pair of Nike shoes that I've beaten the crap out of because I do a lot of walking in them and I want to destroy and wear them out. I mean, I spent the money on the damn things like five years ago. I'm going to get it out of it, every inch out of it. The soles are like completely rubbed out. I'm chucking. I, I use Under Armour and Asics and New Balance when I have my walking in shoes. They're just way nicer, more comfortable, and they're not so spitting on my face telling me China and their, their corporation are the same. China's not good. China is not good. And what they're doing to their people is not good, but that's okay. Nike agrees with it completely. I'm going to end it with one of my favorite segments. Hit me! I can't tell you how free I feel now that I've started identifying as a woman. Now that I can compete as female, I'm ready to smash the other girls. Ooh, yeah! I know no one's watching the Olympics, but I just want to let you all know. Good news! God is watching. One Laurel Hubbard, the dude that's a weightlifter that's 43 years old and is like, I'm going to go in there and destroy those girls. And, uh, and it was supposed to and was favored. I got to tell you, God's watching. God is always paying attention. Dude could not make the lift. Any lift. Tried the first time, couldn't do it. Second time, herky-jerky, and it didn't count because it, it didn't get a clean one. And the third one couldn't do it. Thanks for playing. Walked off. Waved. Thanks for playing. Laurel Hubbard. The macho mama. I was going to dis- Oh. Nope. Laid the turd of turds. Couldn't even beat women. Suicide watch has begun. Because if you couldn't beat the dudes and you lopped off your junk to beat the women and you couldn't beat the women. The most interesting thing out of it all is at press conferences, at the end of that, the women that came in, they're, they're actually women, they came in first, second, and third, were asked, what are your feelings about Laurel Hubbard not being able to make the lift? Yeah, that's silence. That's what they, they did not answer the question. They had no, no, they didn't even say no comment. They just, crickets, crickets crickets rolling their eyes staring at the ceiling what say something don't really care that'll tell you everything you need to know they wanted to laugh out loud and go ha dude couldn't even beat us it's pathetic almost as pathetic as the women's soccer yeah you know they lost right <laughs> and they barely beat australia in the bronze game they had to struggle to win that one but the gold medal team is canada Oh, Canada. They got a trans player. Dude named Quinn. That's it. I've been looking around like, it's got to have a first name. Is that a last name? No, it's like Ronaldo. Messi. They just give him one name. All those Brazilian guys just have one name. <laughs> There's a dude who played for Duke and in September decided, 
I'm a chick and is <laughs> playing for the girls' soccer team. They won gold. So on that one, I guess God said, well, I really don't like the girls' soccer team so much for USA, so I want them to lose. Let the trainee win. <laughs> I don't know. I don't speak for God. I, I just try to understand as best I can. And that's how I interpret it. At the bronze medal stand, every one of them, because they were so focused on winning the gold, took an E except for uh, Lloyd. Uh, she stood um, on the podium with her medal. But the other ones took an E. Because the BLM thing is what really mattered to them. And because of their lack of focus, just like all the other athletes out there that we're talking about, it got squashed. You know, the girl that throws the hammer that was, you know, turned her back at the podium of the Olympic trials. She's beach. I don't know her name. Don't care. But she's the hammer thrower. That's with the cable and the ball. The Whip it and throw it. 12 competed. God's watching. She came in 11th. Thanks for playing. You win nothing. You don't get the protest. You get a free ride home where no one will ever recognize you ever. That's why I've said in the past. You know, I try not to be too Christian-y and religious about it, but it's important. And God has a plan. And he's paying attention to all of us all the time. And things that you don't think are like, whoa, that just happened? The dude couldn't make a lift? No, apparently that, I think it was like 140 pounds or kilograms, something like that. Should have been no problem. God made that weigh about 400 pounds or 400 kilograms or whatever the hell it was. Boom, that's too heavy. He may have dropped a nut. (laughs) Trying to lift that. (laughs) So that'll wrap up this week's episode. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. Uh, stay tuned for next week because we'll have another great show. A lot of COVID stuff going on. A lot of flip-flopping going on that we'll talk about next week. Be the peace. I got a goddamn plan! That's a wrap for this week's episode. Be the peace. Don't let emotion get the best of you. Remember, you are the resistance. God bless you, your family, and America. America.